Heavenly Father, thank you, God, so much for the time of worship that we've had already. Now, as we open your word, this too, indeed, is a time of worship. We worship you, God, as our lives are changed, as the Holy Spirit of God moves in us, as we examine our hearts, as our lives are changed through your word. Lord, that is a a form of worship in our lives. Each and every time, God, something is different as a result of you in our lives. God, that is worship. So today, I pray that, God, we would worship you through your word this time as we are here, as our, our, our ears are attentive to you, as our hearts are open to you. God, I pray, God, that you are glorifying through our worship through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so it's New Year. Got to start a new series, right? You guys knew that was coming. Uh, a lot of churches aren't having service tonight. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't really think about that. We had our service. It didn't really matter. <laughs> so, But anyway, so it's a new... Uh, I, and by the way, I've got, I got notes tonight, so it's, I'm not used to having notes. But anyway, so I... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I got some notes tonight. Anyway, um, so uh, I got to thinking, New Year, I, I have done this, I have done this before, um, so I, I, I kind of have, have I, I kind of wanted to do this kind of again. It's a new year, it's a new you, like everybody wants to say that, it's a new me, it's a new year, the old me is gone, it's a new me, new, new slate, clean slate, right? And a lot of times, this is the time when the gyms are packed out. Am I right? Like, it is the gyms. This is like Black Friday for the gyms. Am I right? Like, they are going, woo Like, come on. Bring on the new year. Let's get some new memberships in this place. Like, like this is the time that we get. And, like, I, we drove by the CrossFit place that's near my house on the way, way here. And, like, that parking lot was covered up with people. I mean, it was just like, I'd never seen so many cars in that parking lot before. But, but New Year, man, that's when, that's when everybody gets started. I'm going to start working out. You see people running on the road that ain't never ran before in their life. You know what I mean? Like, like you shouldn't be running. You're going to die. You know what I mean? Like, you might ought to start by walking first and then get up to running. But anyway, so, like, this is the time. So I got to thinking, like, we need... We need, we need, like, a spiritual workout, right? Like, so if we're going to have, like, everybody's going to the gym, let's do a spiritual workout, right? Let's, let's have some spiritual discipline. So this is what I came up with. Y'all like developing the spiritual beach bod. Y'all like that? Everybody's like, that's not very funny, Kenny. I, just, I don't like that at all. You know, you can't say that. This is Jesus. We can't say spiritual beach bod. That is not glorifying God. I think that's hilarious, by the way. I spent all day thinking of what, the, what this series should be called. You know, actually not all day. I gave Brett this information like earlier today. But anyway, so developing the spiritual beach body because like that, that's, what, that's what like everybody, they, they kind of start out like at the beginning of the year because you want to look good for when the springtime rolls around, when, when, when spring break rolls around. You want to you have the abs, the six-pack, the 12-pack, the six-pack in a cooler, whatever you want to call it. You know, like, you want to have that before you go on spring break. That way, when you're out there, you know, you're looking good, you're looking fit, you're looking ready to go, you know, all that. So, I mean, like, people are, did the lights go dim on me or something? Anyway, so you want to have that, that look for it. And, and that's kind of your, your end goal a little bit, right, is, is for spring break, to have that, 
the beach bod, you know, and you want that to carry over. For some of us, you know, you, you want to carry that over into, you know, if you, if you go on a beach trip with your youth group or whatever, you, wanna, you want that to carry over and, and you, want, you want to still have that beach bod thing going on. So you, you're working out, you know, you're eating a little bit better, you know, new year, new me. So I got to thinking, athletes, they have to be very disciplined in what they do. Well, if you are going to have a spiritual beach bod, we have to be very disciplined in what we do. All right, so look, I, I, let's, I'm going to go back and read at the beginning. So I thought about, man, let's, let's, I'm going to go back to Proverbs. Listen to what Proverbs says about being, about discipline, okay? It's not going to be up on the screen. Just listen to me. These are the, this Proverbs 1, okay, the very beginning. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Oh, okay, good. That's what they're there for. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. Okay, so discipline is in there twice at the very beginning of Proverbs. That's it like in the first two verses, we got discipline in there twice. So if we are going to be spiritually sound, then we have got to have some discipline in our lives. And Paul, a lot of times, likes to use sports analogies. You know, just recently we got done with a series called Third and Long, and like most of the girls are like, I don't even know what that meant. Cassie admitted to me the other day that, that she actually saw on TV a football game, and it was Third and Long, and she's like, oh, I know what that means now. Like, I get it now. She, she was like, oh, I know what that means in football terms they got a long ways to go, and it's going to be tough for them to get third and long, and they probably did something and screwed up really bad, and that's why they have third and long in the first place. And she's like, I got it now. So I, I accomplished something. Now, all the spiritual stuff, she didn't get any of that, but she got the third and long part, so that's good. So anyway, so <laughs> I'm just kidding, Cassidy. Anyway, so I, I will tell you that I have been in the past, I guess, I guess, nine months or so, something like that. I had this buddy of mine. He asked me to go with him to this thing called the Barbarian Challenge, all right? And the Barbarian Challenge is like this, this 6K obstacle race. It's got like 30-plus obstacles on it. And I was like, yeah, man, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I, I'm in on that. And, and it's at Nakalula Falls, and, and, and I was like, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I knew that there was a lot of upper body strength stuff, so I started training upper body stuff and all that. But I, I really, admittedly, I didn't work on the cardio side of this 6K challenge, uh, you know, uh, this, this, excuse me, 10K challenge, this six-mile race. I did not work on the cardio side. I was not disciplined in my cardio exercises, okay? I will tell you, I suffered greatly as a result of not being disciplined in the cardio exercises preparing for this race. Um, he, however, was apparently much more disciplined in his cardio exercises because I remember that it was this the one the very first hurdle that we came across. It's like this huge thing, and it was like it came up to right here, and and like you had to like jump over it and keep going, and and like you know there are all kinds of people like held up at the beginning because they were like struggling to get over this thing, and there's this huge backlog of people. He looks at me, he goes, "Hey man, by the way, he'll remain nameless, but he goes to this church anyway." He goes, "Hey man, let's just." Let's just go around these people, and we'll just jump this thing. We'll keep on going. I said, all right, man, yeah, let's do it. So anyway, so he goes around. I follow him, and, and, and like I, I kind of jump, and I kind of like whoop, just kind of muddle my way over there, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like this dude, no joke, he jumps, just barely pops the top of it with the top of his hands, 
completely jumps it, barely touches it at all, and he just starts running down the hill at full speed. And I was like, all right, man, it's good to see you. I, I enjoyed running with you. The first 100 yards that we ran together, man, it was enjoyable, and I really did. But the, you know, the, the next six miles, I'm afraid you're going to be running on your own because, I mean, he, took, he was like a lightning bolt. I was like, man, apparently he has been very disciplined in his cardio exercises where I have not been. But I, ever since then, I have been like, I, I've been in on the whole um, the obstacle race thing. I'm doing another one in March. I'm, I'm like, I keep watching these, these Spartan race. I, I'm subscribed to, or I follow Spartan races on Instagram, and I'm all about them now. Like I, I like, I watch these guys with no legs. They're like running the Spartan race. I'm like, that is awesome, you know. Like I've got no excuse. This dude's got no legs, and he's still doing the Spartan race, you know. Like it is amazing to watch the stuff, but. Paul, back to the Bible. Okay, so Paul, Paul often uses athletics and sports in his analogies to, to uh, things on a spiritual level. So uh, oftentimes, you know, he'll talk about running a race, and he'll talk about how we run a race and our, 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 our spiritual lives and our walk with Christ. Here, I want to point out something to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He's talking about a prize here. And I, I'm, I'm going to start in verse 24. And we're going to go through this, and then we're going to back up for a second. But I'm not going to tell you what the prize is until the end, okay? So just bear with me for just a second. So in verse 24, he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. I think that's pretty obvious, don't you? Like, there's only one winner, truly, you know? Rarely in a race do you ever see somebody tie. And in genuinely, I mean, like, I don't care how close it is. There's some millimeter, micrometer, something or another that's a difference between two people. And even if you can't really measure it with the human eye, there's something that's a difference. Somebody won, okay? In a race, somebody's the winner. Now, I, I know that in, in, in a lot of, lot of Christian sports, we don't really have a winner. We don't play to win. We just play to have, have fun. Um, I'm not going to share my opinion on that, but, but I'm just going to say that, 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 that most of the time when you play a sport, you have a winner, you have a loser. You need to teach kids how to be winners and how to be losers, and you need to teach them the full spectrum of what it means to be both. Okay, so that's my take on that whole thing. But anyway, so in a race, he says you got one winner. You got... One guy who is the winner. So he says, he says, run to win. He says, race to win. He says, be, be, be the one to win. So what is he saying here? Like, you're like, okay, so we're all in the race, and he says, be the winner. Don't miss the concept here. He's not saying, like, one Christian's got to run faster than the other. One Christian's got to run harder than the other. Think about this. When you're in a race, when you, what, what happens when you hear those footsteps behind you? What happens? Like, does it not fire you up and, like, make you run harder? Like, do those foot, like, if you don't have your, your you know, your AirPods in or whatever, like, and you, you actually can hear somebody running behind you, like, when you hear them running and you hear them coming, you go, like, I am not going to be passed. Like, I cannot let somebody pass me. Now, that did not happen to, happen to me in the Barbarian Challenge because the guy was like a blur as he went by me. But, but like, when you, it challenges you. And as Christians, I believe that that's kind of what Paul is saying here. It's like, you know what? 
He says, run to win and push yourself hard to be at the front of the pack. Run as if you're going to win. And that way, you know, you'll be challenging other people because they're going to be chasing after you, wanting to catch you, wanting to win as well. All of us should run as if we want to win. All of us should be pushing hard as if we want to win. Now, in order to do that, what has got to happen? If you're going to be an athlete that wants to win... Can you just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos? Is that something that you can do? I tried that, by the way. It didn't work so well for me. Um, I didn't necessarily eat the Cheetos. Well, I ate some Cheetos, but I did try sitting on the couch. That did not work so well for me. Look, Look at what Paul says. All athletes are disciplined in their training. There's that word discipline again. Disciplined in their training. Now, today, um, I, I ran in the rain, okay? So this is not me bragging. I'm just saying I ran in the rain. And I got to thinking about this. It, it's easy to not run in the rain, right? Like, I used to post these little pictures on my Instagram. It's like this little tiny cloud in the sky. It says, look like it's going to rain. I think I'll sit this one out. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to not run in the rain. But when you force yourself to run in the rain, and I'm not saying this, I'm saying figuratively speaking, not literally running in the rain, but you challenge yourself to do something hard. Yes, the environment is not perfect. Yes, it's not the ideal situation for you to run, but when you do run in the rain, it's showing that, you know what? In life, there are going to be times when it's raining. In life, there are going to be times when the conditions aren't exactly perfect, and you're going to be forced to run anyway. You're not going to have a choice to sit it out. You're not going to have a choice to say, well, I don't really feel like it today. I think I'll just lay in bed and pull the covers up over my head. There are going to be relationships that are going to be crumbling. There are going to be jobs that you're going to be faced with. What do I do today? My job may very well end today. I don't know what's going to happen today. There could be family, family members that are on, on the very brink of death, and you're like, I don't want to address this today, but it's still going to happen whether you pull the covers up over your head or not. There's still rain that's going to happen. There's still bad things, situations that's going to happen. And we need to learn to run in the rain. We need to run even if the conditions aren't exactly perfect. And when you run in the rain, you condition yourself. You condition yourself to say, you know what? When everybody else is sitting it out, I can still run. When everybody else is still in bed waiting on something to clear up, waiting on something to get just right, I can still run. And then, when it's 70 degrees and sunny outside, and they finally get out of bed and they finally decide to run, you're going to lap them twice. Because you've already been there and you've already done that. And you did it in the rain when it was twice as hard. We need to be people as Christians, as Christ followers in particular, we need to be people that run in the rain. We need to be so disciplined in what we do that adversity doesn't stop us. As a matter of fact, it pushes us forward. Just like having somebody in front of us challenges us to want to win the race just like they do, having adversity in front of us challenges us to want to continue on as well. We don't need to to sit back and just say, you know what? The conditions aren't exactly right. Therefore, I'm not going to be able to do anything. Because let me tell you something. 
in life, rarely are conditions 70 degrees and sunny. In life, that almost never happens. I won't say never, because some days there are, man. There just there's Christmas Day at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you just got a ton of presents, and that does happen sometimes. But you know what? Most of the time, most of the time it's Christmas night, and all the presents have been unwrapped, and you didn't get the gift that you wanted. <laughs> you know, that's most of life is like that. Yeah. So here, he says, athletes are disciplined in their training. Yeah, that, that's what... Those people that are successful, if you think about it, if you think about the people that are truly successful, they're the ones that kind of went a little further, the ones that did run in the rain. They're the ones that got up at 4 a.m. when it was still dark outside, and they're shooting free throws. Am I right? Or they're the ones that, that when it's snowing outside, they're still running. Or, or when, when it's dark outside, I can remember distinctly when I played soccer, I had a soccer coach who didn't know a whole lot about soccer, but he did know a whole lot about running. He knew how to make us run. He didn't know how to coach us in soccer, but he did know how to make us run. And he told us, he said, at the end of the game, they're going to be tired and you're not. And I figured out he was exactly right. <laughs> and we, we were, hadn't even started practice yet, and we were still running, uh, running our laps and running stadiums and doing our sprints and all that. And the track team was going home because they'd finished all their running. And we hadn't even started practice yet. We were conditioned, man. And I can tell you that being conditioned, being disciplined, makes all the difference in the world. And those that are truly successful are the ones that go the extra mile. Those that want it and those that, that are, are willing to go the, next, the, the extra mile, go to the next step. Those that are really disciplined in their training. They do it to win the prize that will not fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am just not shadow boxing. Now, I want you to understand here. I guess I'll kind of spoil it a little bit and go back. So he says, they do it for the prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So what is that eternal prize? Now, I have to preface this by saying, this is not for the non-Christian. If you are not a Christian and you are just somebody trying to figure this Jesus thing out, this is not for you. Okay, this is Paul talking to believers about being a Christian. Christians have a different heart than non-Christians. Okay, they have a heart that is that is different. It's one that is installed by God. It's got a new vision, a new purpose, a new life. All everything's different. And there may be some people in here, and you're just struggling just to to keep your head on straight. You, you can barely stop from, from sinning every single day of your life and, and all the parties and all the things that you're doing, the sin just overwhelms your life. And you, you pretty much know that you're not a Christian, even though you may pretend to be one. This isn't for you. This isn't for you. This is for people that are truly Christians. When he says, we do it for an eternal prize, this is for Christians. What is that eternal prize? Let me back up to verse 22. This is what it says. When I am with those who are weak, I share, their, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, do everything I can to save someone, to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Do you know why, why Paul ran the race? Do you know why Paul wanted to win? It wasn't for his own glory. 
It wasn't so that he would get some crown or so that he would get some jewel in his crown. It wasn't for any of that. He wanted it for somebody else. He wanted somebody else to experience what he had. One of my, my, um, my favorite uh, commercials is uh, the world's most interesting man. You know those commercials, you know what I'm talking about? I happen to like those commercials a lot. Uh, I know that they advertise beer. I'm not about that. I'm just saying I like the commercials, okay, whatever. So the, in one of the scenes, you have to be paying close attention because it's got like the podium, like it's got, you know, third place and then first place and then second place, right? Everybody knows about the podium, right? And he, apparently he has, he has won some kind of race, right? Or he has won something. He's standing on the podium. And they go to put the, the medal around his neck. So he's standing in second place, and they put the medal around his neck. And you're thinking, what in the world is going on? The world's most interesting man did not just win second place. So he put, they put the medal around his neck, and then what does he do? He steps up to first place, and they put the medal around his neck in first place too. So the only person he could lose to was himself. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was great. So he won first place and second place. But anyway, so the reason that... that, that, that Paul is running the race. The whole reason that he's running, the prize for him is someone else's soul. Another person's soul. Do you know why we work out our soul? It's so that we might be able to save another. So that we might be able to, to share this good news. Paul says right here, he says, he says when, it, when, I, when I find those who are weak, I share in their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. He says, he says when I see they're weak, I get down there with them. I share in their weakness. I, I want to be on their level. He says, I try to find a common ground with everybody. I want to connect with everyone. Do everything I can to save some. He, he says, look, I know that I'm not going to be able to get everybody. I know that, that not everybody I reach out to. I know that not every time I run the race with the intent to win, I know that not every time I'm going to win. But he says, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to be able to save some. And that's why he runs. That's what pushes him forward. If you're a Christian, that's why you run. If you're not a Christian, you won't have that motivation. If you are a Christian, you'll have that motivation because you'll know the power of God in your own life. You'll see the power of Christ, what God has done in your own life, and you'll be motivated. That's what will drive you to want to do these things, to have this spiritual discipline in your own life so that you might be able to save some. So that you might be able to reach somebody, to, to do everything you can to spread the good news and share in its blessings. You think, I, I mean, when you're a Christian, like your whole intent changes. Everything changes about why you do the things that you do. And here Paul is saying, man, I do everything that I can so that I can save some. Listen to what he says. He goes on to say in verse 27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. He says, not only do I exercise spiritual discipline in all the things that I do, but I also exercise these spiritual disciplines so that I myself don't fall. So that I myself am qualified in order to be able to preach this good news. So I myself am qualified in order to be able to, to be on that same level, to reach those who are weak, to be able to reach those people who need Christ. He says, I don't want to be disqualified from the race. Why does he not want to be disqualified? Because he wants to reach some. He wants to reach some. That's his goal. Now, 
When we talk about spiritual disciplines and we talk about having this soul workout that we really need to have, um, we're going to talk about these over the next few weeks, and we're going to talk about what they are, to have spiritual discipline. Now, now, to have discipline means that you've got to do these things. Discipline is something that you do no matter whether you want to or not. You remember how we talked about getting up and running in the rain? These are things that you just make yourself do, and, and you have to look, and, and why do I do the things that I do? It's not for a, a prize that you will get here it's for an eternal prize, and that eternal prize is not for you, but for somebody else. And that has to be what drives you. Think about these things. I mean, when you get up in the morning and you do these spiritual disciplines, you do these things that you need to do in order to be able to reach people for Christ, you're doing them for somebody else. There's a few of them that we're going to do. These are things I wrote down on my little sticky note. Solitude. Solitude. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about these. Getting alone, being alone with God. Some people don't know how to be alone. Some people have no idea how to cut off the radio, put down the phone, be quiet. Some people have no idea how to have solitude. Prayer. We're going to talk about prayer and what it's supposed to look like. We're going to talk about the model prayer, what Jesus says. When you pray, pray this way. We're going to talk about service. How service ties in. It's a spiritual discipline. There have been people that have left this church because I said, if you're, if you're a Christian, you'll want to serve. If you're not a Christian, you won't want to serve. And they're like, I've got no part of that. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. If you're a Christian, you'll want to serve in the name of Christ. Stewardship. What is stewardship? That's a big fancy church word. It means that, that, that you're going to be, you're gonna be like taking care of what's been, what you've been given. If you've been given something, you're going to be a good steward with it, which means you're going to take care of it. You're going to take what's given to you, and you're going to use it appropriately. Of course, you knew this was coming, Bible study. We're going to talk about what that looks like. What is it really supposed to look like? What is Bible study really? Some people don't know how to study their Bible. It's a spiritual discipline. Some people don't know how to do it. I, I, want, I want us to learn how to do it. And the other is spiritual fellowship. When you sit down with other believers and you talk about God, when you talk about the things of God, what does that look like? And are you doing that? Are you having spiritual fellowship? Do you sit down with your friends, your family? Do you talk about the things of God? Does that ever happen? Or are you only talking about football or cooking or whatever? Are you talking about a thousand other things besides the things of God? Spiritual fellowship. These are the spiritual disciplines. These six things are the things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But tonight, I want you to think about the prize. I want you to think about the prize. We've talked a lot of, about a lot of things. We've talked a lot, about a lot of goofy stuff about, about running a race, right? And all that stuff seems like, you know, it, it, doesn't, really, it doesn't really fit with the, with the Christian life. Well, it does. It does when you think about the prize. Because the prize is not for you. The prize is for all of eternity. And the prize is, is one that God has put in your heart. You see, when God saves you, he saves you with a purpose. He created you to do good works, which is something we've been talking about a lot lately. Those good works add up to one thing. They add up to one thing, and that is souls. That, that adds up to other people coming to know Christ. And I, I want us to be focused this year on that one thing. 
And that is doing what we can, being disciplined in our lives spiritually so that we might bring people to know Christ. When it comes to our service, when it comes to our Bible study, when it comes to our prayer life, it needs to be focused around one thing, and it is that prize. That prize, which is the prize that is eternal, and that is the souls of people. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this precious word. Lord, there are people that we know, people all around us that don't know Christ. There are people that pretend to know Christ. There are people that say they know Christ. There are people that go to church. There are people that that sit in pews every Sunday. There are people that come some Sundays but don't ever come the rest of the month. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that people that don't know Christ, we would be ambassadors of Christ. That, God, we'd have spiritual discipline in our lives, that we would have things that we do in our lives. We would have a concentrated effort in our lives. We would do the difficult things in our lives, God, so that we might be able to get on their level and we might be able to connect with them and share this good news and share in its blessings with them. God, we know that that prize is eternal. God, I pray right now as, as we just have a time of worship and as we have a time where people can come and pray, I pray that you lay people's, lay people's lives on our hearts. God, that their, their lives might be on our minds so that we can pray for them. If people need to come to this altar to pray for them, I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would respond to you. I pray that we would respond to your Holy Spirit. God, I know that there are people all around us every single day. God, they, they may pretend to know Christ, but we know as the evidence, the fruit of their life is that they do not know Christ. Lord, I pray that we would have spiritual discipline in our lives, that we do the hard things in our life, God, so that we might be able to draw them to Christ, that we might be able to do our part in your kingdom. So, Lord Jesus, just work right now. Just speak right now to our hearts. And, God, may we be your ambassadors. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone stand?